Hello and welcome to Life in Digital. Um, this is a Sphere Digital Recruitment podcast brought to you in conjunction with the Digital Voice. As ever, I'm your host, Ed Steer. Our sponsors for Digital Voice are a much-loved B2B ad tech PR agency, ready to bring your voice to life with PR, marketing, events, content, and so much more. Looking to amplify your brand's voice? Then look no further than the Digital Voice. And you can visit their website, www.thedigitalvoice.co.uk, to find out more. So Life in Digital is all about navigating the ever-changing landscape in the digital sector, speaking with today's industry leaders. Hello and welcome to the Life in Digital podcast series. I'm here with Sam Peters, CEO and founder of Vibe. Sam, first up, thanks very much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to see you. Nice to be post-Easter, the sun is shining. Absolutely, yeah, in person, which is nice. Yeah, I know, know, um, it makes such a difference. Are you doing much in person? We are, yeah, we've seen it come back pretty strong. Certainly, compared with the US anyway, we've seen in the US, it's been a lot harder to actually get face-to-face meetings, but... Here in the UK, I think London's sort of alive and kicking again. It feels like, you know, back to normal. I think that's something about how London functions. So I was in New York in our office over there a few weeks ago and asking how hard it really is to get meetings to pretty senior people. They were saying it, 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 it is hard to see the agencies, which is interesting because on all of the briefs we're getting in America at the moment, the one requirement is people who are local to a city and who can really yes. be present in the agencies because obviously the, the tech vendors really want that presence yeah, yeah. with their customers again, but it's hard to achieve. But we can, it's nice to digress, but before we do, could you be awesome if you could tell us a bit about yourself and Vine and kind of the, the story so far? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm Sam, CEO and co-founder of Vide, and the, the problem we're really addressing is the, the lack of accountability in video and display advertising. And the reason we see that lack of accountability is really because um, you know, typical video or display ad is basically a way of a brand pushing their message at a consumer, mm-hmm. but the consumer is not really involved in that, they're, they're passive, it's basically a one-way experience. So what we've done is we've flipped the model on its head and we've created these conversational interactive ads which mm-hmm. actually allow the consumer to control the experience and so they're in control. And once you do that, you get huge levels of attention, you get all these powerful insights, and it just creates a much, much better experience for the consumer and for the brand as well. Amazing. Can you explain how does that work? How have you created that, and how does it work in, a, in, a, you know, in an online environment? Yeah, exactly. So the, the beauty of what we've done is we've integrated fully with the programmatic ecosystem. Yeah. So from a brand's perspective, they can access our creatives through any major DSP, they can buy any inventory they want, so it really is a straightforward solution. The difference really is the creative bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that like, holy grail of marketing, like the, the right message to the, the right person at the right time, if you look at kind of a lot of the innovation that, that's gone on, it's basically been on that targeting bit, it's been mm-hmm. finding the right person at the right time. It's very performance driven. Exactly, yeah. But I think a lot of a lot of that sort of innovation and investment mm-hmm. didn't really go towards the most important bit, which is the message. It's like mm-hmm. once you find somebody, you know, what are you actually gonna talk to them about? What, yes. what, are you, what conversation are you gonna have? And so that's where we focus. So it's so you can go and buy whatever placement you want, you can go and find anyone that you want to find, but as opposed to just pushing a message at them and not having the ability to listen, why not have a two-way experience where the consumer can interact and they can actually decide what content they want to see in a, in a conversational style. So how does that work? Yeah, so if you, if you take like a, a typical uh, video creative, for example, mm-hmm. um, the, the difference with ours is we pr- produce an overlay over that video mm-hmm. and you can imagine to the, to the right of the video, you've got a kind of chat style experience. Okay. And so let's say it's an automated brand and they're launching a new uh, electric vehicle. 
what you might have is the video running about the electric vehicle, nice branded kind of video, and then on the right there'll be some questions there like, are you interested in the uh, luxury end, are you interested in performance, is it practicality? So what the consumer can then do is they can start to take control of the ad and they can start to go, okay, well I'm, you know, I've got three kids and I live rurally so I'm looking for something that's got loads of practicality and loads of range and so they can interact, select those different options and then they'll start to see really personalised content. So we can do some really cool things there, start to change the video so that it's more relevant to, to what that person's interested in. So that, that consumer is having a way more powerful, much richer, immersive experience. Yeah, conversational. Exactly. And then from the, from the brand's perspective, not only have they generated far higher levels of attention, because it's what we call active attention rather than just standard yes. attention, um, but they've also generated loads of insight as well. Because I've, I've just told them the kind of consumer that I am. I've told them what I'm interested in, mm -hmm. what book of their product set is most suitable to me. So it's a it's a much much you know more valuable richer experience. And from a effectiveness point of view, you can actually see who's engaging with an advert in real time. So it's not I mean if someone's selecting things, you know that they're you know you know they're engaged. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know we 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 think it's obviously the way forward. You know. It's, um, yeah. I kind of like the you kind of imagine that the, the typical way things are done. It would be like me sitting here with you now. If I'm the brand, you're the old consumer. Mm -hmm. I'll be shouting at you with my fingers in my ears. That's basically how standard ads are working. There's, there's no way of you being able to actually sort of con, you know, interact with me yeah. and have, have a kind of experience. I'm just shouting at you. You're probably not going to be very receptive to that if I did that. Mm -hmm. But like we are now, we're having a conversation, you know, we're engaging, we're talking, we're learning. Mm -hmm. And that's what our ads are able to do. They're able to engage that consumer with the brands and you know those consumers have a much better experience with the brand, the recall's much higher and they're more likely to actually listen to what the brand was saying rather than just being shouted at. Yeah and there's lots of attention on attention and creativity which has been great to see and I guess we've kind of seen that um, really kick off um, during and then post pandemic but vibe before the pandemic so you're obviously aware of just, the cycle, yeah, just yeah. before you're aware of the direction travel um, prior to this. Um, the role of creativity, um, if you're looking at what's where you're seeing really strong performance in campaigns, how much is it about the creative, the questions that are being asked, what do you think is kind of driving the, the most engagement? Yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting and even if you go back a bit further and you look at some of the legacy data and mm -hmm. there's, there's lots of studies out there, if you mm -hmm. look at Google's own research into the performance of creatives, mm -hmm. it actually shows that about 70% as far as data, their data is that the, of the performance of the campaign is actually down to the creative rather than the placement and those wow. other factors. So it's significant. I think there's another Nielsen. Was, was, was that a surprise that people think that placement and time and targeting was the, the yeah. level of I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's slightly counterintuitive when, you, when you're involved in the industry because most of the, most of the, the cost and the expense of a, of a campaign comes down to those other factors. Most of what brands are spending on the campaign mm -hmm. is not the creative. Mm -hmm. That tends to be something that's done at the beginning, creative decisions are made, creative strategies made, um, and then that just is, is blasted out across all of the, the media, which is where obviously most of that investment's going. But actually, when you dig into the data, you see that the creative is having, you know, undoubtedly the biggest impact on, on performance, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's translated even more so now. There's, as you put it, more attention on attention. Um, those all of these this measurement, you know, 
uh, there's you know, companies like Loom, and I heard Mike on your, your yes. podcast the other day talking about it, and he actually referenced, I think it's one of the, one of the things he was talking about, was how important the, the role of the creative is in driving attention, but that's a fairly new thing. I think he was saying this year they're going to have more of a focus on that because it's something that hasn't really been sort of fully understood and unlocked yet. But I think that the data is pretty clear that the creative has a big impact on, on attention and, and campaign performance as a whole. That's fascinating. So just um, what, in my experience, um, media agencies aren't super involved with the creative because they're there to buy media and to focus on performance. How, how's that working? A way where you can really focus on getting the right creative and work with the media agents. So not sure if that's been explored. Yes, yeah, so it's a really interesting one. So we, we work with you know all the major holding co's and a, a, yeah. a range of different brands and different different sectors, and you kind of see different brands approaching it in in different ways. There mm-hmm. are some that want to work with us very closely with the creative agency, like some of the automotive brands we work with, yeah. for example, will look at a really long term strategy with the creative agency understand all, all of the objectives and then we'll have a whole suite of different sets of copy and imagery that we can use. We can put that into our platform and really build out sequential storytelling mm-hmm. and enable dynamic uh, dynamic interactions. So we can have those really deep uh, conversations and, and uh, programs with clients. On the other end, like kind of as you're saying, when if, it's, if all of that decision making has already been done before it gets to the media mm-hmm. agency where we're typically, uh, we're typically operating, then we can still just work with the assets that are there for that campaign, mm-hmm. um, and we've um, you know we've built some interesting tools which maybe we can talk about a bit later. But you know we are able to work with very limited assets, sometimes even just like a product page from from the client, and we can use that to build out all of the assets needed for a, a much more immersive conversation. conversation. Creative. Who comes up with the questions? So for instance, we spoke about active tension. So where is Let's ask some questions. Who, who's coming up with those on a kind of campaign by campaign basis? Yes, yeah, so we've got an amazing creative team. We've got a whole mix of different skill sets in there. We've yeah. got psychology backgrounds, okay. writers, you know, conversation designers, graphic designers, and so that typically what happens is that team come together to do the initial ideation, um, and then they'll pull together the drafts for the client, show them the decision tree, all the visuals, mm-hmm. and we can do that really quickly. So we it was really important to us, you know, with our understanding of the of the programmatic space and digital in general, mm-hmm. you can't take you know, sort of three months to put some all singing, all dancing, like on-site chatbot experience together. We're very, very different from that. You know, we, we work within typical rich media SLAs, and yeah. so, so that team can turn things around in you know, 48 hours from a brief through to something live and working yeah, to yeah. show a client and go, here's, a, here's an interactive, conversational creative, what do you think about it? Yeah, okay, awesome. And um, in terms of, um, well, just uh, the sort of things like the use of AI and how that can play a role, so I'm guessing if you're able to scrape a customer's website, what, what role do you see AI playing in, 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 in technology? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we were talking a lot about AI um, internally, as I think, you know, it seems like everybody is globally mm-hmm. at the moment, ChatGPT is yeah. kind of like, have you know, used it? We, we've done more than used it, yeah, we've, we've actually um, already integrated the API behind it, OpenAI. Have you really? API. Yeah, and it's um, it's unbelievable what it, what it can do. So what we've, we've what we built is the ability to um, to put in a product page, put in various uh, key inputs, so things like you know the brand, the audience, things like that. And we the AI can actually then go and generate a draft of a decision tree. It can code the creative. It can do everything. Wow. So building these models over over the top of it. May I ask, is that 
is that time saving and or just better output? What, what do you think you're mostly gaining? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing to say, I think there's, there's a lot of talk generally about, you know, is AI coming for our jobs? We, yeah. we definitely don't see it yeah. that way at all. But I think I heard a really good quote, and I can't remember who it is, so I can't give you the credit, yeah. but it was a lot, along the lines of AI is not going to steal your job, but the people who embrace AI is probably going to steal your job. So we're trying to make sure we're the ones embracing it, learning mm -hmm. it, and you know, I'm trying to understand it as, as best we can and make use of it. But to answer your question, initially it's kind of uh, an efficiency saving. So typically that team I talked about before, there's that initial phase that they go through is quite time consuming because they have to go and collect all of the different information, they've got to you know, understand the, the product, and bear in mind we're working across loads of different verticals, you know, from travel through to technology, all kinds of different things. So over the years, our team have become experts in, in all these products because they deeply understand yeah, the, the, the yeah, kinds of products. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really helpful now using this AI to kind of do a lot of the legwork so mm -hmm. we can go and you know, scan a load of uh, information, product information for example, come back and do a nice draft and re make recommendations to the creative person which then, then they can take on board. So it's kind of like having a super-powered assistant that can do things in you know, seconds as opposed to hours. So it's, yeah. that, that's the way we're starting to, to use it at the moment. I think from a client's perspective, in terms of the, the value to them, obviously there's the, because we've got the internal efficiency saving, that's translating into you know, quicker build time, shorter SLAs, mm -hmm. so there's a benefit to the client there. But I think as we start to make more use of it, I think there will, and it gets better, and we learn how to make better use of it. I think there will be that will translate to output as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you know the, the new AI that's coming about is this generative AI, but there's obviously lots of more straightforward machine learning and other you know algorithm-based approaches you can take in terms of the data. I think when we start to bring all these things together in terms of being able to input all the data and insights that, that we've got, all of our understanding plus the ability to generate new content, when that all comes together and that starts firing all cylinders, I think that's going to be hugely powerful and I think the clients will, will see real performance benefits. Oh, it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think whenever there's, and I don't know, you read about the seismic change for AI, it's going to be, but whenever there is huge advances in technology, and I'm sure in the history of humans, everyone's had their, their AI moment, though, and it always feels like it's bigger than the last one. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think there's always been the things that will put people out of work, but um, I think the company that will do the best and the world moves on, the people who take the tools that are available to all humans and, and, and make the best of them. Jobs, jobs shift, but employment trends tend to be fairly static, actually. Totally, and I, and I think the other thing we were talking about internally when, when you know, ChatGPT sort of came out, and, yeah. you know, some, some of our team were, were hot on it straight, straight away. It seemed like they knew about it before it came out. You know, they're really, really interested in it. And you know, we, we were just talking about this is, so you think how you know, short our old lifespans are, 100 years if you're lucky, you know, in the scope of humanity, and we just happen to be you know, in our prime, maybe sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> ish, ish. Um, but you know, in our working lives, going through this you know, transition now and this, all this new technology that's coming about, I think we should treat it as a privilege to be around and be part of this, this yeah, thing. Absolutely. Well, it's so rare. We, and it's very difficult. We lived, um, probably some of us, with like pre, pre mobile phones, and you'd go out yeah, and meet yeah, friends yeah. Sort of just without a mobile phone, or um, work pre email. I mean, like, yes. just well, yeah. imagine work, no, work without email, work without a mobile phone, where you only work when you're in the office or someone phones you on the landline or fax. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's been all these 
all these all these all these shifts. But yeah, I think AI is a particularly a particularly yeah exciting one for especially in in, in, in the world of digital. And back, back to just the creative piece. So, do you think that, so that what's really cool is with um, the advancement in technology? Um, how we can now deliver creative at scale in an online environment. Do you think that brands still use digital as a channel just for direct response, really? How much, so sorry to ask two questions, but yeah. how much of a thirst is there from brands to use the online world as a really creative place to, 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 to advocate their brand? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly seeing that hugely, and, and I think it's kind of shifting around the channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, if you look at display, for example, Display was being used as a kind of branding avenue, and that's, yes. that's not really happening anymore. And you know, it sort of then started to, to shift as a pure DR tool. And I think yes. with all these things, you know, video emerging, obviously mobiles make created a big shift. CTV is another huge it's one. Been, it's you yeah. know, exactly. Netflix now coming out, you know, with that inventory. So yes, you know, it feels like there's always the next place where you know the creativity can come, and certainly these more immersive experiences where you've got more space naturally got more attention sort of available in, in the placement. Mm-hmm. I think I think there is definitely definitely that appetite from brands to to drive creativity and still deliver those big powerful experiences as opposed to okay we'll do that offline or experiential somewhere else mm-hmm. and just leave digital for, for DR. I think there's there's so many more um, opportunities now, new technologies, I suppose you've been one of them, yeah. um, but you know, there's, there's so many things out there that you can do digitally now to create these really creative, big, powerful, memorable experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of um, platforms or channels, wh- where do you find um, you get the best results? Not only you said, but you know, mobile versus desktop versus, yeah, what, is there any performance differences that you'd be able to, to share? Yeah, I mean, like very broadly speaking, I think, you know, video, you know, we, we launched uh, video last year and that's been huge for us. Um, we've got some big brands who are investing heavily in, in video now, you know, for, you know, for decent, decent amounts of mm-hmm. time. So that's, uh, that's been a big growth area for us. And I think you can just deliver that much better of an experience because when you like we were saying earlier if you can deliver the brand impact with a video plus making it interactive mm-hmm. giving the consumer control all those benefits that we've talked about before that's I think a real a real strong area and we see a lot, lot of investment going into going to that sure yeah and with, 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 with AI um, would you look at things like changing the questions in an ad format in, in real time is that, is that achievable it's, it's really interesting so um, our engineers are quite keen for us to, to you know to not Get too overexcited <laughs> yeah. with what it can do. Um, so we'll go we'll go quite carefully, and methodically with, with these things. So we, um, as it currently stands, we don't think there's an immediate need to, to to be using it to make changes on the fly. I think the other thing we've got to think about, of course, is you know the risk. So yes. does you know there's been lots of horror stories already about the AI suddenly doing things that it shouldn't be doing. Yes. So you, I think you've got to make sure that there are some pretty pretty good safeguards in place so that if you have got something that's going to be decisioning, that you're confident that it is going to make decisions that are within parameters that, you know, are controlled and that you're you're happy with and it doesn't doesn't go rogue exactly and start causing uh, some brand safety issues. Yeah, that's very, very, very true. And uh, with um, kind of uh, the shift towards attention, you mentioned Lumen earlier, do you talk about brand uplift and attention? If you're speaking with an agency, what what, what sort of um, kind of key USPs would you be would be would you be talking with them about? 
that? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know the attention movement as a whole has been mm. you know really really positive, and I mm. think you know, we're sort of moving past viewability and some of these other metrics with which you know being used. That feels very ten years ago. It does, doesn't it? But yeah. it, but amazingly, you know, you still see it. You know, on campaigns as a KPI. Yeah. You know, you, you do sort of finally, I think brands are really starting to to question this again. What what real measurable value are we actually getting mm -hmm. from, from our media spend? Mm -hmm. So I think um, you know, for us in our worlds, you know, making making that attention active, we, we like the idea of taking a passive audience and mm -hmm. turn them into active consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think when you when you do that, and when we do that on the campaign, that's the sort of the real value that we start to start to add. So things like brand recall goes up significantly. Yeah, yeah we've seen it as high as like eight, over eighty percent when. When a consumer interacts with a conversational experience versus a, a standard static, you know, passive experience, they're far more likely to remember that. So we, we have lots of clients now, you know, using new attention measurements plus overlaying our active attention on top, and that's where you start to see that that real value and things like recall. On a, on a human level, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think you know, we're, we're, we're training just popped into my head there, just thinking about if you want to learn something. You engage with people, you don't talk at them, exactly. you have a conversation, otherwise it's like recall of being spoken at is so yeah. is so low versus actually having having dialogues that makes that makes loads of sense. Um flipping around and jumping around a little bit, um sustainability's become a huge topic. We've had scope three on our podcast um three yes. weeks ago. I was speaking to the Sadara guys, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, yes. they launched yeah. out the States and a guy who's launched for the UK um Business recently, Dean McGimpy, you may know, because I've speaking to him in a few weeks. What, what, what's your take on sustainability and, and, and how is that going to become part of you know, how, how, you, how you guys operate? Yeah, I think it's hugely important, and I think just generally, you know, I've been quite interested just you know, outside of, of work, just on a personal level. But yeah. I think you know, it's, it's because it's kind of hidden in our industry, mm -hmm. I think it's perhaps not so obvious. If you compare it to something far more obvious like the automotive industry, you know, with Cars driving around, it's kind of like it's very easy to make that link and go, you know, we should probably address that. Yeah, well, I didn't actually get it until I started speaking to people, I was kind of like, yeah. and, and explain why. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Easy, yeah, it's very hidden. Yeah, and we, we've really started to, to dig into it this year in particular, and it's, I mean, it's, it is fascinating to sort of understand, you know, where all of this, you know, um, energy inefficiency comes from. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things, one of the really positive things that we uncovered straight away is by the nature of the way that our product works, we're actually creating these downstream uh, energy savings already because our product's all about keeping the user in the moment, you know, in that in that ad environment, and that's where we deliver the experience rather than sort of chasing CTR and pushing them through to another site. Mm -hmm. There's an immediate saving there because we're delivering a much lighter, a much more focused experience in the ad on the page that the consumer's already on. Yeah. So we don't have to push them through to the, the brand site. We're not having to use cookies or the tracking that start, starts firing. Obviously you don't have to load up a whole other site. So there's all of those immediate savings um, straight away. And then we're already working on some, uh, some other interesting things and starting to speak to some of the, the, the companies that you mentioned because we think we've got a great opportunity to create a far more sustainable uh, approach to, to advertising by the nature of our product. Yeah, that's very cool. And Stargazing, if we were here in a year's time, or they like, can this year, what do you think is going to be on everyone's agenda? What, 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 what's hot in digital at the moment? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think CTV, I think you're already seeing huge growth. And I think, you know, speaking selfishly, that's a really exciting sort of part, part of our future. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also for us in terms of our growth, 
Um, the US is, is really starting to get quite exciting. A few weeks ago, we launched in, uh, in Sydney, in Australia. Okay. So, um, so you've got both sides of the world. We've got both sides, but we love sleepless nights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, we've we avoided language issues. So, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so that, that's been, been a big, big focus for us. But yeah, it's CTV in, in our world is going to be you know, uh, a big focus, and that's definitely an exciting growth area for sure. And, and out of interest in, in CTV, where do you think we're at in terms of supply versus demand, in terms of where the, where the pain is? Is there enough supply versus demand, or what you watch take on? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that the, the really the really interesting I think thing for us is that I think already because there's you know all this supply has arrived and I think that you know there's plenty of demand that's gone into it. But yeah. I think there's already start question marks starting to, to be asked about you know those kind of experiences and what real attention they're generating. I saw something very recently. I think it was this week on um, the attention levels from uh, from CTV type experiences, and I mm-hmm. think. Hopefully, what we can start to do is if you can make those experiences interactive, and there's a lot of things to, to work out there. But if you can do that in a similar way that we're doing with, with video um, mm-hmm. and digital display, then if the consumer's involved in that experience and they start to be part of it, then we should see you know a, a big opportunity to drive up those, those attention levels. So I think um, again, speaking very selfishly about it, I think that that's a big opportunity is. I think the, the supply and the demand is going to keep growing massively mm-hmm. because that's where all the dollars are, are flowing yeah. in now. Yeah. I think it's really, it's probably going to be like every other channel. There's you know the big gold rush, everyone floods in, and then we start to go, hang on a minute, how, where's the real value? We'll start to, to work out how to, how to do it most effectively. Yeah, good stuff. And, um, and, and just, just finally, you have the UK business, you're starting to look at the US, starting to look at Australia. What do you notice about each those markets yet in terms of how advanced they are when it, when it comes to creativity, when it comes to attention, what, 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 what are the nuances? Yeah, well, most recently for us um, in Australia, and Sophie, one of our first employees here, just, just moved out there. Okay, cool. Never even been to Australia, but just packed a bag and... Uh, and I went. love that. Yeah, she just did the Boston Sydney? Marathon. Sydney, yeah, yeah, she just did the Boston Marathon yesterday, yeah. and then, then going back. Um, but I think that that's a really interesting market. I think growth in digital last year, mm-hmm. the appetite for innovation um, is really strong there amongst, amongst the agencies. Um, so for us, when we were sort of looking, at, looking at other markets, um, it's a really, really interesting space. CTV is really big there, mm-hmm. and obviously got some very established media owners. Yes. So it's a really, really interesting market, um, and we've already seen in, in the short amount of time that we've been in market some really, really good traction. So. We're pretty excited about um, about Australia and and uh, you know that market in particular. Okay, great stuff. Well, right, so it's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much for coming in. It's been super interesting to learn, um, yeah, about about the technology and how it works and the role it's playing. So yeah, really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Life in Digital. If you know want to know more about our guest or any of the topics we've covered today, you can find out more on our show notes and on our website. Again, this podcast was brought to you in partnership with our friends at The Digital Voice. Remember to rate, review wherever you're listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.